0: This is Steve Turnt, the Monster Kid Radio minion, doing another breakdown of a region with one of our experts. Today we're going to be doing the North region, and we have, luckily for us today, Christopher Mim, the master of the Mimiverse, is here to help us go through these 16 movies and see who he thinks, or hopes, makes it to the Frightful Four. How are you doing, Chris?
1: I'm doing well. Staying warm. I am in the North, so I'm under lots of lots of snow. And it's really cold.
0: So you get the frozen tundra.
1: Yeah, very much so. I'm in Minnesota right now. And we literally set a snowfall record for the month of February. And we had uh, several days where the entire state basically shut down because the temperature with wind chills was like 40 or 50 below.
0: And that's pretty impressive considering where you're at. They're used to snow and used to cold temperatures for it to shut down. I can only imagine what it would be like if it happened here where I live in Maryland. Well, exactly. And that's, the you know, we always laugh when we see places down south, that get half an
1: inch of snow, and it's like, you know, the end of the world. Uh, obviously, they don't have the infrastructure to handle it. But if we did that every time, eight months out of the year, we wouldn't do anything.
0: Well, I grew up, I was born in near Lake Erie, and I grew up in Edinburgh. So before I moved down here, I, I was used to snow storms. And you come here, and it's like, oh, really? <laughs> but that's not what people want to hear us talk about.
1: No, but we can talk about the weather as much as you'd like.
0: Yes, we can, but... Uh,
1: We're going to talk about monsters, monster movies.
0: (laughs) Monster movies, and for listeners, if you haven't done so already, remember, go to Derek's website, Monster Kid Radio's website, and download the bracket so you can follow along with our experts as we go through and pick your own movies who you think is going to win. And then don't forget, when the voting opens up, vote for your favorite movie. We're not talking about the best movie We are talking about which one is your favorite movie. How do you define your favorite movie, Chris? How how would you define favorite?
1: Sometimes, you know, movie watching and, and, and the things you enjoy, movies, be it movies, be it plays, be it music, whatever, entertainment is purely a subjective thing, right? It's all based on what it means to you. You know, some of my favorite movies, knowing what kind of movies I make and the kind of thing I do, would surprise you what some of my favorites are. They have nothing to do with it, but some of those are favorites simply because they're well-made or they're really entertaining, or even some of the memories associated with when I saw them or how I saw them uh, or what they meant to me growing up or something like that. So it's hard to define, but I think you just sort of flat out say, if it just means something to you and it's a movie you can visit over and over again and you just kind of never get sick of it. That's the perfect definition of what a favorite movie is. And of course, Everyone doesn't have to have just one favorite movie. You can have dozens of favorite movies. In fact, if I can plug my movies, perhaps my movies are your favorite movies. I'm not going to assume that, but I would love it if people do. And, you know, it's just the way it is. But, yes, a favorite movie. I have dozens of them.
0: As Chris and I go through these movies... Of course, you're going to have different opinions than both of us, and you might disagree with the expert, which is fine, because we're talking about what's your favorite movie. We're asking him what his favorite movie is, and basically, Chris, we're asking for you two different ways. Who do you want to move on, and who do you think will move on? Now, sometimes your answer is going to be the same, but if you have something where it's going to be different, where you're like, I really like this particular movie, it's my favorite, but I think the listenership is probably going to vote for this one. And right. You can, you can say that. And that's the one we'll move on in your little bracket and see who you have going to the frightful Four. All right? Okay. You have an interesting bracket. You have a lot of movies with Frankenstein in them.
1: You know, I don't know if that necessarily does a service to some of them or if it's a detriment because then you start parsing out each film, right? And you start saying, well, okay, well, if you put all the Frankenstein movies together, which I think people kind of do, right? Because they're all connected uh, in some way. It's a, same monster uh, and a very popular monster at that. I, I feel like it, it gives it a slight advantage because there are so many the monster itself is so recognizable that gives it, an, gives it an advantage but it's also a disadvantage in the fact that you start comparing and contrasting the Frankenstein movies it's almost like they're competing against themselves but then also the, the movies they're up against in brackets
0: and there's a lot of interesting movies in there. The first matchup Frankenstein from 1931, and it's going against The Haunting from 1963. So we have the top seed versus the low seed in the bracket in our first matchup. Who do you like?
1: Honestly, I kind of feel like uh, there's a reason why Frankenstein's the first seed. It's one of those perfect movies. It's, it's, it's iconic in a way that I don't know that The Haunting can just overcome that. I think for me, I would have to pick Frankenstein just because... If there's a movie between the two that I go back to more often than not, it's definitely Frankenstein just because it is such a great
0: movie. I don't think there's going to be any argument with anybody. I think Frankenstein is going to advance, and it's going to advance easily.
1: Frankenstein is one of those creatures, again, like I said, it's, it's iconic in a way that some of these are not. And I think that just gives it a leg up, even just for recognition purposes. Even if you haven't seen Frankenstein, you at least know what the monster looks like. You know who has played Frankenstein's monster. It's hard to beat. It really is. It is a juggernaut and absolutely belongs in
0: the position it's in. Exactly. Now, the next matchup is House of Frankenstein versus the Black Cat, the 1934 version. I still think I give a a
1: slight edge to uh, House of Frankenstein. It's not... Quite so easy to articulate, I guess. I think some of it is just the recognition again. House of
0: Frankenstein is also kind of a, a monster rally movie, right? Yeah. You got several several monsters in it, and that for a monster movie kid, to
1: me, gives it an edge. Uh, sure, Black Cat has Bella Lugosi, which is, you know, it's Bella Lugosi. But I think for me personally, the sort of monster rally aspect of House of Frankenstein. Kicks it over the edge.
0: Yeah, and if, it, um, if I remember, Black Cat also has um Boris Karloff.
1: Yes, but um, I just I think that from a pure just like you know monster kid monster loving movie fan, I think it gives it the edge. I think it will. I think it'll,
0: it'll it'll advance as well. To me, the superior film is the Black Cat. But my definition of a monster movie is there has to be a monster in it, and then a typical human, in my opinion is not a monster. And so to me, when I use that breakdown for my personal usage, house of Frankenstein easily moves to the next part because there is no real monster by my definition, but everybody's definition is different and I'm not doubting anybody else. I'm just saying when I come, when it comes from my breaking down of stuff, it helps me along uh, when, when you have movies like this going against a movie with real monsters so to speak.
1: And I think, too, and this is this is uh, just looking back from a sort of a modern perspective, House of Frankenstein is a slightly newer film. Still, only, what, 10 years or something off of Black Cat. Um, but there's something about the Black Cat that feels, I, I don't want to say old because they're all quote-unquote old movies, but it feels very early 30s. Do you know what I mean? Frankenstein, obviously, and a lot of the Universal Monster movies are obviously in the 30s, but there's something about the Black Cat in particular that feels very of that era and not necessarily in the best way, I guess, if that makes sense. And I think that it makes it a little harder to get through at times with
0: modern audiences. Some movies age better than others. And it depends on what particular member is watching it. But like I said, it's personally, it's one of my favorite movies, but it's just to me, not my, it's not going to be my favorite monster movie when compared to house to Frankenstein.
1: Again. And this is what I was saying about the Frankenstein movies is that, that sort of name recognition, it's like politics, you know? I mean, it's like that name recognition does a lot for it. And so I think when you have some of these films uh, where people maybe have only seen them once or twice, sometimes that name recognition will probably help carry some of these
0: deeper than maybe even the quality should should allow them to. <laughs> exactly. Which brings us to our next two movies, Son of Frankenstein versus War of the Worlds from the 1953
1: For this one, it's hard. Okay, yes, Son of Frankenstein has the Frankenstein name. It has the name recognition. But War of the Worlds, the 1953 version of War of the Worlds, is, as far as I'm concerned, the best adaptation that has been put on film. See, I'm a big sci-fi guy, and that is absolutely one of my all-time favorite films from that era. You know, it looks and sounds unlike anything else, It still holds up today, and picking between the two, I feel like War of the Worlds is just a superior film in so many ways. And the special effects, the story, the acting, just everything about it, I absolutely love that movie. So for me, War of the Worlds wins hands down. And I think that it might edge out uh, Son of Frankenstein, partially because I think a lot more people have seen War of the Worlds. Are aware of it because it is again. It's held up, and uh, you know a lot of people have seen it, and it's it's just such a great movie. Uh, I think it'll edge it out, partially as well because of now we're into the third bracket here. Uh, there's a little um, Frankenstein fatigue at this point.
0: <laughs> you actually stole the words right from me. I was thinking like I can see if I was a voter going through it, it's like another Frankenstein movie. Into War to Worlds, ah, and I can see where people might lean toward the worlds. It, it depends on the voters. I, I agree. If you War the World is a movie I can watch over and over again. It's right. it's um, I would have that advancing also. So 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 far we have no discrepancies, but now we have an interesting matchup.
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting matchup.
0: Mothra versus Godzilla in the House of Wax from 1953. <laughs> you talk about two totally different Completely
1: films. different. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're not even they're not even in the same. Country, as far as matchup is concerned, they're so totally different, and they're literally in different countries. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This one's hard, it really is, because Mothra vs. Godzilla is great, right? And it's got two hugely iconic monsters in it. To this day, they're still making Godzilla movies, they're still making, you know, the next, you know, Godzilla movies got Mothra in it. So, I mean, it's like you can't beat them. But I think House of Wax is a fantastic movie. And it was originally shot in
0: 3D. Yes. Uh,
1: and I was able to see it not that long ago in 3D, and it's one of the, from a from a filmmaker standpoint, as a guy who's made some movies, uh, when I saw that movie in 3D for the first time in a theater, you know, presented the way it should be, I could not believe how perfect the 3D is. A lot of modern 3D movies are not necessarily shot for 3D; they're they're converted into 3D, and so you have this thing where. You know, you see a 3D movie and 20 minutes into it, you forget you're watching a 3D movie and you wonder why you paid the extra couple bucks. House of Wax was shot as a 3D movie, and it seemed like everything they did was shot with that 3D in mind to make sure that you never forget you're watching a
0: 3D movie. And it was shot with a director that only had vision in one eye and could not see it in 3D, if I remember correctly.
1: Which is even crazier. (laughs) It's Honestly, it's tough for me. I think... Uh, Everyone else, I think Monster vs. Godzilla is going to pull it out. If only because, again, you have that iconic status of those two monsters. For me, it's a tough choice. It really is. I think that I like House of Wax better as a film just because it is, again, that's the sort of movie maker nerd in me. (laughs) Uh, Seeing it in that way really
0: sort of changed the way I look
1: at it. It's just... It's a cool movie. It's an interesting concept. It's done so well. So for me, I think I would love to see House of Wax move on, but I do think
0: Mothra v. Godzilla is going to be the overall winner. And I think it's going to be Mothra and Godzi- versus Godzilla moving on, too. And like you, I did get to see House of Wax about two years ago in a movie theater in 3D, and it was just wonderful. I mean, it was just, if anybody can ever see... This movie in 3D, it is one of the best movies ever done in 3D. It's right. I mean, you can argue about whether Creature, The Black Lagoon, or House of Wax is a better version of the third dimension. That's a great argument to have, but it, it is one of the best ones. It's shot so
1: perfectly. It uses that third dimension as an extra character almost. I mean, it sounds stupid to say it that way, but it's just so well done. It feels so mindful of the 3D. It really, really works and and i'm with you if anyone out there gets a chance to see it in 3d even if you've seen the movie a bunch in 2d but you've never seen it in 3d see it in 3d it really made me appreciate the movie a lot more by seeing it like that because that's how it was intended right yes uh, and, and that's that's why it's it, it's like okay now i see what they were going for now i you know really get it and really
0: it helps this next match of people are going to be like I can't believe you put this movie in the same region as Frankenstein. But we have (laughs) – you can almost guess what two movies are going to have to fight to get to the final four, Bride of Frankenstein versus 1942's Cat People.
1: I guess I should just be totally upfront about it. I think Bride of Frankenstein all the way. (laughs) I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's it's as good as the original Frankenstein – it you know incorporates some cool new elements and it makes the monster more uh likable it made the monster i I guess it made you feel for the monster much more uh and sort of humanizing the frankenstein's monster and just the the moment the bride shows up what a fantastic design to this day you can pick out the bride of frankenstein anywhere and and this movie is is how old i mean it's amazing that it's it's had just such longevity over cat people it's perfectly fine for what it is, but it just it doesn't hold a candle.
0: You're talking about a, a movie that was number seven. Yeah. And Cat People is a, I enjoy that film. It's a wonderful film. It's Bride of Frankenstein in a landslide. Right. Now, now here is an interesting matchup: Island of Lost Souls versus the 1931 Doctor Jekyll or Jekyll, depending on which way you want to go with it, and Mister Hyde.
1: Uh, uh, you know this one is is really be close, I think. I'm not sure which way it's going to go uh, just because the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is, is much more, again, it's recognizable. So if someone maybe has only seen it once or hasn't seen it at all, at least knows enough about it. Whereas, you know, Island of Lost Souls as a title is somewhat generic-ish. I would personally pick Island of Lost Souls, but I
0: think Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde might beat it out in the grand scheme. Okay. And when I'm voting for this, I'll be voting for Island of Lost Souls. For me, it's a pretty easy one to go with for looking favorites. But I can see what you're saying. Name recognition. Um, I can see where Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Howell move on. And uh, we'll have them moving on in our next round. I don't think they're going to be I, around for long. Well, I agree. and I
1: do think that, well, you know, it's going up against Bride of Frank's <laughs> let's be honest here. We just to skip ahead to that. That's probably going to keep going. I do think if we have people who've, who've basically seen all these films, I think it's going to be a tighter matchup. Right. If we're talking about people who maybe have only seen a few of these, or, or just more modern film folks who are, have seen some classics, but they're not hardcore monster kids, that's where I give the, uh, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde the leg up. But... You know, if if we're, to, if we're dealing with people who've actually seen these films, I think they're probably going to agree with you and I over what I think might happen. But again, it depends on who actually ends up voting.
0: Yeah, we'll just call it a toss-up, and we're hoping Island of Lost Souls moves on, but we're expecting Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Either way, we don't expect them to be around for long. Now, here's an interesting matchup: Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein versus Mighty Joe Young. Two non-traditional... Type monster movies. Right. See, this one is this one is hard for me to pick. I like
1: both movies, you know, in different ways and for different reasons. But it's a hard matchup. It really is. Again, we got another Frankenstein, uh, which you know, I don't know with how many we've already gone through, where we're at with the, you know Frankenstein fatigue, we shall call it.
0: This is number um, five out of the sixteen right. movies. You have five of them have <laughs> Frankenstein in them.
1: Right. So. <laughs> I might personally give, uh, Avin Costello, Meet Frankenstein, a slight leg up. Mighty Joe Young is, is a fantastic movie, but if we're talking just straight up monster movies, I'd probably give it to, uh, Avin Costello, Meet Frankenstein, just because it's fun. It's dumb. It's, you know, uh, kids love it. I loved it as a kid. My kids love it. And Mighty Joe Young is a perfectly fine and serviceable film, but I think uh, at this point we've got Frankenstein on the brain and I'm going to give it the, uh, I'm going to give it the edge both ways, me and, I think, most most others.
0: And I agree with you. And also, I think this is the only comedy in the whole monster movie tournament. So comedies have a tendency to be more on the favorite side because it's something you can always stick in and put a smile on your face. But like I said, with Mighty Joe Young, it's another interesting movie because it's a movie with a feel-good ending. (laughs) Yeah. So as I said, it's weird how some of these movies ended up going against each other, which will cause some great discussion. Hopefully, there will be some great discussion on them. Monster Kid Radio's Facebook about yeah. people going about who do, who they do think should advance. Uh, that'd be interesting to read those comments.
1: Well, it's it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, uh, just speaking as a, and this is this is my chance to plug a few of my films here. But uh, having made over a dozen movies, some of them are funnier than others. Uh, some are meant to be comedic. Some are meant to be much more serious. Just from knowing which ones of my films tend to be the most popular, they tend to be the funnier ones. Uh, stuff like The Giant Spider, The Monster Phantom, like, those are my funnier movies, uh, and they tend to just be much more popular. You know, they stick with you, you, you laugh about it, you have a good time, uh, and they end up kind of being a little more accessible as a result uh, just because they are they're funny and they're, they're meant to be. Uh, and I think that helps. So I think that does also give Abbott and Costell meet Frankenstein a, uh,
0: an edge. Speaking of her interesting matchups are final two movies of the first round jason and the argonauts versus psycho this is this, <laughs> this is, is a, a,
1: this is a weird matchup and it's one of those things where if you're looking at the two movies you kind of have to to judge them in different ways uh, and there are different ways to judge them psycho is an amazing film right Uh, Hitchcock at his finest, uh, one of the most iconic of all Hitchcock movies. I mean, it's a great movie. It messes with your expectations. You know, I mean, it's a classic in the truest sense of the word, but is it a full on monster movie? I mean, kind of, but again, we're talking about human monsters, right? Uh, and that, and you have Jason and the Argonauts, which is not the highest quality of film as far as, you know, technique. I mean, if you're talking pure technique, Psycho wins in a landslide. But, Jason and the Argonauts is a great adventure movie, and it has the special effects for the time art. You can picture them in your head. I mean, you can see, you know, the stuff, uh, the, the skeletons and just the, the, everything. You can see it in your head. If you've seen the movie, you can see it in your head. It's almost like a weird battle between art house films and Hollywood to a certain extent.
0: You know, Psycho is the art house film in this this instance where all
1: the people who truly love cinema are going to pick psycho. Of course it's a superior film, but Jason, the Argonauts is Hollywood. It's fun. It's got really cool special effects. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think for this, I'm going to go Hollywood and say Jason and the Argonauts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that most people are probably going to go that way too. uh, Just because I don't know. I think if you, if you like monster movies, you tend not to be the most pretentious of people. And that's part of the reason i love monster movies is that we're just there for for the fun and the monsters and the and so i, I definitely would say jason the Argonauts.
0: well i agree with you i think it's it was the raiders of the lost ark of its decade you know it was just one of those films you can watch you smile you have a good time you have a variety of monsters you have a little bit of everything and it's all entertaining and you have ray Harryhausen. i mean right.
1: groundbreaking he, special effects Stuff at the time you'd never seen before. And still to this day, there are things in that that you think about what it went into to make it. And for the times, it's really ahead of its time. The things they had to do to make it all work and, and the pure artistry of the Harry and stuff, it's head and shoulders above so many things and it's it, it makes it so memorable. And so, you know, really just works. Like I said, Psycho is a great movie for what it is. Uh, and again, it's in so many ways a superior film from a technical standpoint, from directing, I mean, so many things. But, you
0: know, and this is a little bit of the discussion at the beginning about favorites, right? Yes.
1: Just because a movie is critically lauded or is a triumph of the art form as far as, you know, the Academy thinks, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be your favorite. I mean, I've seen a lot of movies that are great and, technically very well done, and I've seen them once, and I never need to see them again. I watch Jason the Argonauts several
0: times a year, whereas I don't think I've actually seen Psycho for a decade. You and I are in agreement there. I watch Jason the Argonauts all the time, and I have only think I've seen Psycho maybe three, four times in my lifetime. It's a yeah. great film, it's just not one I, I'm sticking in the player, the DVD player or whatever, all the time. Right. Now, we did the first round. Now... It gets tougher for you, Chris, because now the winners that you picked in the first round have to start battling each other. Right. So now we're going back to the top. We got Frankenstein versus House of Frankenstein.
1: See, in this instance, uh, I'm just going to flat out give it to Frankenstein. Between the two, it's the superior film. It's where it starts. It's just a great movie. Usually in any uh, movie series, the first one is tends to be the best. <laughs> and, you know, you get kind of a diminishing returns kind of thing happening here. Uh, and I do think Frankenstein is just, you can't beat it for its its quality. And, again, I, I keep using the word iconic, you know, iconic, iconicness. It just, it wins. Fun as fun as how Frankenstein is, Frankenstein you know, edges it out.
0: You can go to any kindergarten class and probably show a Frankenstein mask, and they'll all say Frankenstein. We, yes, we know we're saying Frankenstein. And I know people are saying it's the creature. It's the monster. A kindergarten class is not going to say that. <laughs> They're just going to call and Frankenstein. honestly, at
1: this point, everybody knows what you mean. So it's like, if you want to be that guy who's like, well, actually, it's Frankenstein. We know. But it's just its kind of just easier to say. <laughs> and we all know what we're talking about at this point. So I don't think we need to get that deep into it uh, and get that about it.
0: Well, I had to say that <laughs> for that one guy. We all know that guy is out there. <laughs> <laughs> you know that
1: guy. He's out there. It's just. It's just grating on him. It's the monster. Yeah, we know, but we're talking about Frankenstein and, you know, who we're talking
0: about. and we're also talking about the movie. So it's yeah, take it whatever way you want. Now we have an interesting matchup war of the worlds versus Mothra and Godzilla 2 sci-fi movies. There's a, something interesting in this and that is it has to do, I think with
1: people's particular tastes and things, right? For me, between the two, I'm going to pick War of the Worlds as a favorite. My tastes, and I often say this, always tend to be much more on the sci-fi end, right? And I like space-based sci-fi. I like aliens and stuff like that. Uh, perhaps it's sort of growing up with the Star Wars thing and Star Trek. I don't know. Whatever it is, between the two, if I'm going to, if I had a binary choice and I'm going to pick one to watch more often than the other, than the other, it's going to be War of the Worlds, uh, just because it is such a great, cool movie. Mothra vs. Godzilla is a great movie, but for me, I'd pick War of the Worlds. Now, that doesn't necessarily, I don't think in this instance, in this monster movie tournament, I think that Mothra vs. Godzilla is actually going to pull ahead. For me personally, I'd go with War of the Worlds. But for uh, this tournament, I think uh, the Godzilla movie is going to win just because it's giant monsters. Like I said about the taste, War of the Worlds is a much more straightforward sort of Science fiction movie about aliens from outer space, right? Uh, that's that's pretty much as hardcore sci-fi as you can get. The kaiju films are a totally different thing, and I think the kaiju films maybe, uh, especially nowadays, they you know have had a nice resurgence in popularity. I think that that would actually edge it out. But for me, if I were to pick between, if I were to personally pick between the two, I'd go with War of the Worlds. But I do think that uh, Mothra b Godzilla will pull it out in the
0: end. And people already know from hearing me on Derek's podcast before, I am a Godzilla fan. It's easy for me to pick Mawfer versus Godzilla. And also going back to your name recognition comments earlier Frankenstein, Godzilla has tremendous name recognition.
1: Right. I mean, you, you, I mean, that's up there with Frankenstein. You just can't beat it. I mean, how, how many things do we add Zilla on the end to, you know, yeah, uh, Brightzilla, you know, uh, I mean, there's, there's just, there's jokes there that, People know when you add Zilla onto it, it means, you know, giant monster. It's, yeah, like I said, I think that that pulls it out. But for me personally, I just, I like War of the Worlds as a movie better.
0: Now that takes us to Bride of Frankenstein versus, I believe you had Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde advancing in A Close Call.
1: Right. Um, But, I mean, let's be honest, Bride of Frankenstein. We don't even have to discuss it. Bride of Frankenstein, moving on. I
0: was going to say, uh, this should be an easy one there. Now we have Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein versus Jason and the Argonauts. (laughs) Oh,
1: man, this one's actually really rough. They're both kind of fun movies in the same way, at least as far as the sort of happiness they bring. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, Sure, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is is a comedy. It's funny. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts is an adventure, and it's exciting. They're
0: they're all ages, and and you can watch them with anybody.
1: Right. And they're just, they're fun movies. You, you're, you're not bored during them at any point. You're just having a good time and they make you smile, uh, obviously for different reasons, but you know, it's just, there's something about them. They're just, they're fun, sort of mindless, exciting entertainment. And that's some of the best parts about them is that they're just entertaining as heck. And so to have to pick between the two sucks. <laughs> uh, I guess for me, if I had to pick between the two, I would actually go with Jason and the Argonauts. I think I like it better. And it's the one I go back to more often than not, uh, just because it is such a great film. Uh, and it just, like I said said before, the artistry of it. And I'm still amazed watching it. Again, as a guy who makes movies, I'm amazed that they just, I couldn't imagine setting all that stuff up to make it, and to make it work so effectively it just impresses me every time. Uh, and so I'm going to give it to Jason the Argonauts. I think it might actually pull ahead. And I think part of this strike against Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is that it is funny. And I think that some folks, uh, if you take this seriously, right? If you're a hardcore, say, Frankenstein fan, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein starts, to, starts to get a little, a little into self-parody. And I think that's when you maybe do start losing some people who, you know, take it a little more seriously. Uh, And if you're just talking about that, I think that is part of what edges Jason the Argonauts ahead. Uh, And I do think it's going to pull it out. There'll be a squeaker, but I kind of think it'll pull it out.
0: So you're calling pretty upset. I think so. I might be completely wrong. Honestly, when you talk to uh,
1: fellow monster kids, I don't know anyone who's like, yeah, I don't really like Jason and the Organons. Everyone likes that movie. And they will have different reasons for it. You know, it's just one of those things that it's just, it's such a cool movie. And again, it's so much fun. And I'm calling for the upset on that.
0: I'm picking Abbott and Costello. And I actually think that the listeners are going to go with Abbott and Costello. Because when I was at Monster Bash last year, and we were unveiling the um, top 100 list, a lot of people did not consider the Ray Harryhausen films like *The Seven Voyage of Sinbad* or *Jason E. the Argonauts* monster movies. A lot of people called them fantastic creatures, and in their mind, they weren't monsters. That is just splitting
1: hairs at that point. You know, I mean, I can <laughs> see it with the the human monsters like *Psycho*. Sure, but come on, I mean. Uh, no, I think that's splitting hairs. I, well, I, I really do.
0: But those are the interesting discussions I have with people. And <laughs> so I think, it's, I think it's going to go out to Costello. But you're the expert, so we're putting Jason in New York and not going into the next round, which All right. the way you already I said earlier. Totally
1: I could be totally wrong, honestly. But that's the way I think uh, I, I, if there's any upset on this board, it's that.
0: Well, you've you called for a couple little upsets here and there. I mean, you got War to Worlds beating Son of Frankenstein and stuff like that. So, and we all know in every tournament but, there's upsets. <laughs>
1: but knowing knowing full well that it wasn't going to last much beyond where it got, you know what I mean? It's like that team that you're like they're going to go and then they lose that second game and they're like, oh, okay, forget it. <laughs> to give you that that ray of hope, you know, maybe throw some money at it.
0: Well, <laughs> least you had. So here we have. The final two matchups to see who goes against each other to get to the frightful four. We have Frankenstein going against Mothra versus Godzilla. I mean, just think Toho has been wanting to do Frankenstein versus Godzilla for years. (laughs)
1: You know, I think honestly, and again, this is the Northern bracket, right? Yes. I think that it'll be close, but I really think Frankenstein will pull it out in the end. There's a reason why there are so many dang Frankenstein movies. and Obviously, there are a lot of Godzilla movies, too. But if we're talking this region, I really do think Frankenstein pulls it out.
0: It's going to be close, and I think you're right. I think the, the listeners are going to go for vote for Frankenstein. I'll personally, if this matchup happens, be voting for Mawfer versus Godzilla, because out of the two, the one I'm going to watch more often is Mawfer versus Godzilla.
1: Well, and see, around here... Myself, my kids, if given the choice sort of between, say, a kaiju film and like a uh, classic universal monster movies, universal monster movies win every time. And that's not that we don't occasionally watch some kaiju movies, but definitely the the classic universal monster movies pull it out more often than not.
0: And that's the beauty of the tournament. The whole thing is to have these great discussions and, and to see how these movies end up going against each other. Head to head,
1: I do think that some of the some of what maybe in at least around here <laughs> uh, pulls it out is is the sort of the human factor of something like Frankenstein's monster, right? Uh, the giant monsters are more forces of nature, right? They're they're alien to a certain extent because they're just so unlike us. With the universal monsters, there is a, a little more of a human element uh, to the monster itself. And I think that might be, at least for me, what maybe appeals more to me personally. But don't get me wrong. I love, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of, of a great giant monster movie, especially, you know, the versus type where they're beating the crap
0: out of each other. I mean, come on. Who doesn't like that? Oh, I know. Uh, and at some point, I totally need to make a kaiju movie.
1: And I have an idea for one that fits in with my movie universe. We could be uh, breaking but.
0: news here, Derek. We could be breaking news.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, You know, I, I have it. I know exactly what the monster is. I know what it does. I know it's defeated the whole thing. Uh, it's just a matter of actually sitting down, writing that script, and making it happen. So it's there. It's coming at some point. It's on the list of movies I still need to make.
0: Bride the Frankenstein. Versus Jason and the Argonauts. You put these two head together. This is an interesting matchup. uh,
1: You know, this was my fear (laughs) when we discussed this, was that it was going to come down to Frankenstein versus Bride of Frankenstein, and I think that's what's going to happen.
0: And I think that's what's going to happen, too. And I think looking at a lot of the regions, the top seeds, Frankenstein, you can make an argument, has the toughest road (laughs) <laughs> to get to the Frightful Four. Because now you're talking about you Frankenstein versus Bride of Frankenstein to see who gets to that Frightful Four. Who do you have, the original or the sequel? And the thing about
1: the, the sequel is it feels like such a perfect extension of the original that it's almost like one big movie. where And they're both so short, you could literally watch them as a double feature and it just feels like two chapters of, of one long film.
0: Can I throw in an uh, example for you? This is almost like The Godfather versus The Godfather 2.
1: It really is. I mean, it's like they're both amazing films in their own right. Ugh, I Yeah, I was worried this might happen, but as I'm looking at this stuff, I'm, I'm not surprised it did. So I guess we got to discuss it, huh? Bride versus Frankenstein.
0: You're the expert.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing. Between the two, for me personally, I actually like Bride of Frankenstein more the addition of of the bride, but also just the story itself is weirdly a little more appealing to me. And I think we, you have the, again, I'm just going to keep saying the word iconic. You have the iconic look of Frankenstein, but you also have the iconic design of the bride. And I think that Frankenstein alone cannot beat, you know, Frankenstein's monster for that guy out there, uh, cannot alone beat, Frankenstein's monster plus the Bride of Frankenstein in the same movie. I think you put those two together. I think it pulls it out. I really do.
0: I'll tell you right now, this is a total flip of the coin. And we did the Frankenstein top ten Frankenstein movie poll at the end of last year. We had it broken down as favorite and best to see if there'd be the difference. One of them won favorite, and the other one won best. And here they I'm are. Guessing, and here they I'm are head guessing. to head again. <laughs>
1: I'm guessing Frankenstein cook took best and Bride took favorite.
0: It was the other way around, if oh, I, if I really? remember correctly. Frankenstein was the favorite, and Bride of Frankenstein I think was best. But I don't have my notes right in front of me. It's, it's, I think that's the way it went.
1: I think it's one of those things where if this were a basketball game between Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, it would be back and forth, fighting for every basket, back and forth through the whole dang thing, and. As the buzzer is about to go off half court, swoosh, just hail Mary, which I know is football, but you know it's the like, I got to try and do it. And they sink it just enough to win by a single point. I mean, that's the way it feels where it's like it's down to the, the wire and I just give Bride that little extra centimeter to, to pull it <laughs>
0: off. This is one's going to be an interesting one for discussion, and I, I really feel these two are going to end up meeting each other as we predicted, and it is going to be one heck of a battle. It really is. <laughs> and, but we have you have Bride Frankenstein advancing to the Frightful Four representing the North.
1: To put it in uh, sports terms that work for the North, <laughs> <laughs> because I'm from Minnesota
0: and uh, I'm a huge fan of the sport of curling. <laughs>
1: I just I gotta put it out there, but you know I mean we won America won gold in men's curling in the Olympics first time ever this year or last year. So I'm just gonna put it in that terms because it it, it works because it's the North. You come down to it, it's like the end of the game, right? It's tied going into the last end. You're you're down to the last two stones. They get it there, and it's so close you can't tell just by looking at it which one is the point, right? And so they have to come out, and this happens. They bring out a device to measure which stone is closer to the center because the the closest stone wins. The closest stone gets the point. This is a measure. This is a down to the last stone. We're going to have to measure it. And I really think Bride of Frankenstein wins by like a millimeter. I really think it's it's like that, just
0: barely. But to put it in your sci-fi terms, you look at this as like The Empire Strikes Back versus Star Wars A New Hope.
1: Right. Star Wars The New Hope is great for what it is. It's still one of the best Star Wars films ever made. But Empire took all that greatness and said, here's what it could really be.
0: (laughs) Now, listeners, just to make it a little interesting for Chris, I also asked him to pick who else he has coming into the Frightful Four from the the other regions. So in the South region, um, who do you have representing the South?
1: You know what? It's pretty hard for me to pick anything outside of creature from Black Lagoon
0: it's fine a lot of people I think are going with creature especially the experts from another region when they're asking I was asking them to pick this out they were looking at it as the uh, the Julie Adams vote might also be an impact for creature to black Lagoon this year
1: I think it might but I also think just uh, that movie's amazing there aren't really many flaws in it and that monster design I mean even by modern standards is hard to beat. Um, amazing design, yeah, it's 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 hard to beat. Well, and I can't think of another movie that's that's done all that stuff. The the swimming scenes, all that stuff. It's all practical. It's all you know, Rico Browning just doing doing what he does, and it's just I don't know. There's just sometimes when uh, you you know when a when a person's making a movie or a band's recording an album, sometimes everything just comes together and it's magic. It's lightning in a bottle, and that absolutely is everything about it just worked the casting the the locations the the costumes the the monster everything about it it's hard to beat it really is and i mean i look at the other ones in that bracket and and none of them stands out i mean you look at those and that just obviously it's you know the top seed it it belongs there and it just beats all of the other ones put together
0: all right. So you got creature going into the frightful four looking at the east.
1: See, this one gets a lot more difficult because obviously King Kong, I mean, it's King Kong. It's the number one, you know, of all of them. It's, it's hard to beat King Kong. However, there are some movies in here that are some of my absolute favorites. Them. It's my top three of all time as far as especially that era. Them is just a phenomenal movie and it's and it's absolutely one of my favorites uh and so uh, i would say them all the way (laughs) (laughs) but i don't i don't necessarily see it as the one that's gonna pull off the whole thing but it's a classic and again it's one of my favorites you know you have the thing from another world uh you have the freaking invisible man tarantula i made a spider movie that was you know a reference basically an homage to tarantula the giant spider uh, you have Mothra in there, right? Yes. So this sucks. I don't. You know, I'm glad I got the North over that. That's that's hard. You know, I think King Kong ends up going the final four here.
0: Um, Although we try to say frightful four, we're worried about copyright. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes, uh, you can just, you know, I'll
1: just say frightful, and then you can just cut and paste it in the frightful four. <laughs> but see, then you also have King Kong versus Godzilla. Man, I don't, I don't like this. Uh, so, I'm just going to say King Kong as a cop up. King Kong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just
1: because it is. It's pretty hard to be King Kong. It really is.
0: Excellent. Now, there's one region we need for you to give us an answer to, and that's the West, and then we'll have your Frightful Four. So far, we have King Kong. We have Bride of Frankenstein. We have Creature of the Black Lagoon. Who rounds out the Frightful Four?
1: Okay, so this one also kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> just because you look at some of these and you're like man and here's the thing i think the final two go down to probably godzilla and the blob and i see the blob as probably the the dark horse of this whole thing because i think the blob is a great film i think it's a really cool unique uh a monster movie a lot of people know it and I do think it's, it's, uh, has a longevity that some of these films, I mean, you get down to some of these movies, which there's passing familiarity with stuff like Fiend Without a Face, but The Blob, that's up there. And I do think that makes it a bit of a, of a, of a dark horse. So I think it comes down to, uh, Godzilla and, and The Blob. For me, I think The Blob's the quiet dark horse. <sighs> but to pick between the two, I think, Godzilla probably pulls it out, uh, if it were up against the blob. Perhaps, uh, one of these, these other ones, you know, were to somehow upset Godzilla. The blob pulls it out. But I think, uh, if it's Godzilla versus the blob, it's pretty hard to beat Godzilla, just like it's pretty hard to beat King Kong. There are a handful of, of monsters that transcend even the monster genre, right? They're commonplace in language, in culture, in, and Godzilla, King Kong are are two of them where it's – and Frankenstein, I think, too. But I just think in this instance, right pulls it out. And Creature. And so getting down to the Frightful Four, yeah, it's a tough,
0: tough choice. Now I'm going to make Kong. it tougher for you. You have Gojira or Godzilla, 1954, making it to the Frightful Four, correct? Yep. All right. <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla. You got to get it to the final two now.
1: Oh man, I think that Godzilla, Gojira wins. I really do.
0: Chris, I'm going to uh, buy all your movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think it pulls it out between those two. Again, it's, it's a measure. It's, it comes down to the end where it's uh, Godzilla is one of those things that. Um, It's worldwide in a way that uh, King Kong even isn't. Uh, It's just, it spawned so many things. And I think it's probably just maybe a a slightly better movie.
0: It's it's going to be a bad Of course, everybody knows I'll be, if these two end up going head to head, I'm voting for Godzilla. In the 1954 Gojira Godzilla movie, it's not just about a monster attack in Tokyo. It is about so much more. Right. And I think that might carry it beyond King Kong with that extra little message. But, hey, just and, to make it the, the Final Four. is all, The Frightful. Now you got me saying Final Four. The Frightful. Sorry, all. sorry. <laughs> just,
1: now you have to edit that in. Yeah. Well, well, Derek
0: oh, gets to do all the editing for this one.
1: Yeah, we just, <laughs> you know, if Derek, Derek just needs to put in, like, a, a bad, like, uh, you know, a robotic Frightful 4, you know, every time <laughs> we mess it up and just put that in there. And two, it, yeah, we're not talking monster versus monster because Godzilla versus something like the creature from Black Lagoon, I think Godzilla's going to win pretty quickly. Uh, if we're talking about actual monster versus monster, but we're talking movie versus movie, that's different.
0: Speaking of Creature to Black Lagoon, you got Creature to Black Lagoon versus The Bride of Frankenstein.
1: I think Creature pulls it out. Bride of Frankenstein is, is great for what it is, but I think that for your general monster kid, I think Creature is the superior movie. Uh, and I think that some of that is that for as good as Bride of Frankenstein is, I think that Creature from Black Lagoon still to this day plays more like a modern film in the way it's made uh in the way it's paced and i think it's timeless in a way that bride of frankenstein there are parts of that 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 feel very very dated <laughs> very dated and i think that creature from the black lagoon avoids some of those pitfalls and i think that's part of the reason why it's still appealing again i also think that the monster design of the gill man is so amazing
0: and I think it edges out the Frankenstein's monster and the Bride just a little more, just because it is,
1: it is just so cool. <laughs> I think it's less of a fight than it was between Godzilla and King Kong, but it's still a fight. I think Bride puts up a, a respectable showing, uh, but I think Creature from the Black Lagoon
0: and now, keep pulling it out. going by the way you're picking stuff, you have a rematch of the 1954 Rally Awards that Derek did last year. Where really? because both the 54 movies, in the 1954 movies, and of course there was Gojira and Creature of the Black Lagoon were both done in 1954. Who do you have? I, we all know who won the Rally Awards. Derek still upset about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so who do you have winning the favorite monster movie tournament? Gojira slash Godzilla or Creature of the Black Lagoon?
1: I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Creature pulls it out. I'm gonna take Probably, uh, I'm guessing Derek's choice here. <laughs> I think Creature from Black Lagoon is the superior film of all these movies. I think uh, it's the one that probably deserves to win the most. And again, I think, like I was just saying about it, is that sure, it's a 50s monster movie, but there's something about it that is timeless in a way that I don't know. It's just, it's, it's beautifully shot. I think it's a perfect movie in a lot of ways. Again, it's, it's just one of those things where everything came together and it was just magic. Godzilla is great for what it is, uh, and it deserves to be where it is, but I'm just gonna say that I think Creature pulls it out in the end and maybe a little bit of an upset. Maybe I'm, I'm off on, on the amount of kaiju love that, uh, maybe beats out the Gilman, but, uh, I think Creature pulls it out.
0: It'll be a fun matchup. I think, of course, obviously Godzilla, I think would pass a, a big creature, but the, the beauty of it is it's really up to the listeners. You know, right. even if creature wins, I'm still going to think, hey, Godzilla's my favorite of those two. And that's just the way I feel. Just like like you think the blob should be coming out right. of that region. And that's the fun right. part about doing all these um, discussions. And it, it allows people to have that, uh, which one should go. And it reminds me of the days, I'm sure, when you were younger and you used to be with your friends and you were like, well, who do you think would beat so-and-so, like in a superhero, or like in a comic book thing or a movie thing or whatever? And I, I, and that's the whole point of trying to do these tournaments and these different favorites is to give us a chance to do those things that we all had growing up that we don't get right. to do as much of nowadays.
1: And for as much as I'm a quote-unquote expert, I mean, maybe it all comes down to something really weird where it's like the day the Earth stood still versus, you know, the seventh voyage of Sinbad. I don't know. I mean, maybe things just shake out in a really weird way and then you're down to those two and who knows. But I think if you're just talking of all these, I think in the end, Creature from Black Lagoon pulls it out by a hair.
0: Yeah. We're talking like 64 really good films going against each other. And the only way to find out who's going to win is for you guys to vote. So don't forget to vote, let your friends know so they can vote and you guys can all follow along as each round goes along, we'll announce who won and who's going against who, and then you guys can vote until we eventually get to the true Frightful Four. Could it be what Chris said? Could it be what the other experts have said? Who knows? But that's the beauty of it. is we'll find out what you, the listeners, end up voting for. And Chris, I want to thank you for taking your time to help there. Can I go through this um, region and give your expertise to it? Yeah, no problem. And hopefully we get those voters and find out which movie's gonna be in the Frightful Four. Go, Creature!